the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the show. It's Thursday. That means Paula is live in studio. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and this is The Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your questions, Bible questions, questions about stuff going on in your life. And ladies, especially for you today, Paula is here. So if you have anything that you want to ask, you need only to call us, 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR, numerically at 630-5757. You can email questions by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can use our free Calvary Chapel mobile app. And if you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen, and you will be connected to our studio producer. Paula, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for hanging out with me today. You're very welcome. I was a blessing to you, right? <laughs> uh, I better say yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> you always are. Well, so I know you've got some stuff to talk about, mm-hmm. but I wanted to, to because the, we, you weren't here after Joy of Jesus, mm-hmm. and and I wanted to get your reaction to Joy of Jesus, and, and uh, I'm sure the audience is interested as well. Okay. Well, when you asked me that question, I was like, that was just last week? <laughs> yeah, that's how fast I'm going. <laughs> Life is flying by. It, it seems, it like, seems it was, like it's three weeks ago. Now. At least, yeah. yeah. I'm like, my goodness. That, I, didn't I talk about this already? But anyway, no. Joy of Jesus. Um you know, for me, it's always the, maybe the kind of like the behind the scenes people more. Um, and this year, it, nobody was behind the scenes because some bright orange shirts. There was over 900 bright, bright orange shirts. But anyway, still the, the behind the scenes people because the worship team and, and um, other, some uh, just a few others don't have to be there until, say, 10 o'clock. You know, we had our sound check and all that stuff. But probably... More like 800 uh, orange shirt people were there like 6.30 a.m. You know, it, the, the event didn't start until 11. 
Yeah, but, Paul, isn't it an amazing thing? And we talked about this when we got up and saw all those shirts mm-hmm. when, we, when we first pulled in. Yeah. And, and you know, our church isn't a huge church. Mm-mm. You know, we, we, we're limited by space. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how many people we've got, 1,200, 1,400 adults maybe, Mm-mm. if you counted everybody. Mm-hmm. But, but we had, you know, 900 people mm-hmm. who participated in serving that day. <laughs> That's just a staggering number of people. Yeah. It was just, just wonderful. And you know what, the, uh, the cool thing, but not so cool thing for me is I didn't know them all. You know, we have three services, um, and I, I've i always wanted to know everybody, and I don't now. <laughs> and it, it's, kind of, it's kind of bugging me. But anyway. You, nine, you remember when you used to say, Lord, I don't want any more than 30 people. At first, no <laughs> more than 30 people. That is enough. And then it got to like 60, and I was like, okay, okay, okay. Then 100, and then it's like, okay, forget it. Just whatever you want, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> it's your church. I forgot for a minute. But anyway, yeah, these oh, more than 800 shirts were there, you know, 6.30 in the morning, setting things up. Um, and then to think, you know, I mean, we'll talk about the in-between, but we get a text at like 8.20, PM saying, okay, everything is back in its place at church. The park is cleaned up better than it was when we got here. Everybody is okay, you know. So that's a big day. Mm-hmm. That is, what, 14 hours? Yeah, some of them just told me last night they're just now recovering yeah. from, from the weekend. Yeah, because we, we had everything. Um, and so it was awesome. But um, nine over 900 servants of joy. And for those of us who had been there before and we couldn't have it for the last two years, man, it was like, let me out of the starting gate. <laughs> we are going to travel. Why we're going to have the joy of Jesus this year. And so it was really uh, something to look forward to. And I was not, you know how sometimes you look forward to something? You know, you've got that taste that you want, and then you finally get it, and it's, it's, it, that ain't it. And you're still looking. I, that wasn't this. It was it was amazing. And this year, um, well, because of the pandemic for the last couple of years, we've been getting people from, i got to get my phone because I'm going to read something. We're going to, um, hold on, people. i got to go over here to my, my, my phone to get my phone. <laughs> um, but we have so many people coming from other churches, and they've never witnessed anything like this. And I got a, a text in particular that I'll get to. Um, but we, the song for Joy of Jesus that the worship team starts out with is, We're giving it all away, away. We're giving it all to go your way. And the, your way is, of course, Jesus' way. Um, it cost that's, him everything. But yeah, it Pastor costs. Lane says that's our, our Joy of Jesus anthem. Our Joy of Jesus anthem, that's exactly right. And so we get to sing that. And um, not not putting down any, any other church and not even lifting up ourselves, but lifting up Jesus because he gave us everything. And um, so I wanted to read this. This is somebody who came from a, another church and... Um, a lot of the people came here. They're the not not necessarily the lost, but in some cases maybe so because some of the churches don't even teach that you have to be born again, um, and not understanding what even being born again. But the lost, hurting the hungry, the broken, the needy, the confused, the fearful, the the angry, and the proud have all come here. So this one says, "Good morning. I just wanted to let you know it was such a pleasure to serve for joy of Jesus." 
I have never seen such unity in serving others. What a blessing it has been to see real people serving real people. I know this sounds odd, but I have been serving God for a long time, and I have not seen this kind of joy and unity. The leadership was a great example of true joy and unity, as well as those who were serving. I have been very encouraged by this. It's one more area of my life that has been settled in Christ. And then she goes on to say thank you. But that kind of stuff happened several times. I had a a, a man come to me right out, right out the beginning. He had been there already uh, working, helping to set up. And uh, he comes to me, and, and he's a, just a big, strong guy. And he's almost crying. He goes, Mama Paula, look what look what's happened after... 27 years of ministry that look at us all we're all just serving together just giving it away this is what it's supposed to be like and he was saying that like this is the first time for him as well that anything like this has happened and so we're giving it all away all away um to go your way and you know the lord tells us to go into all the world and preach the good news and man that's exactly what was happening um the hands-on ministry I know you like the most, the haircutting, the massage, the p- people getting fitted for glasses. Yeah, the makeovers. The makeovers, yeah. I mean, I, I, I went around to a couple of them. I didn't get to the eyeglass people. I was kind of upset about that, but I'll, maybe I'll start there next I was, year. I was shocked at how many pairs of glasses. They, these are reading glasses. We're not doing prescription glasses, mm-hmm. but reading glasses. Mm-hmm. And the homeless, you know, they, they don't they don't see that. They, mm-hmm. they, so that was a, a blessing. And the people over there were just like, I want this one. I mm-hmm. want this one. Can I get this one too? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Going into all the world to preach the good news, and, and we sure did do that. There were so many people who maybe planted a seed, Others watered seeds, you know, and the Lord is the one who makes them grow. And it was a, a, a really fun thing. Uh, one of the ladies came to me, and she had led a young man to the Lord, and then she lost him in the park. And she's like, he didn't get a Bible, and he doesn't know what to do next. And, you know, <laughs> and I was like, no worries. So she said, she gave me the description of, you know, what he looked like and stuff. And, and um, when I saw him, he had won a bike, you know, and those bikes out there? When I saw it, Ron, I was almost like coveting. <laughs> I, I was like, "Wow, this is really a nice." Yeah, nice and, bike. and you know, we we'd be remiss, Paul, if we didn't mention that that we get bikes contributed to us uh, throughout the year, and SAPD uh, yeah. is is uh, our primary source. You know, these are are very expensive bikes that uh, are are uh, recovered from crimes and and uh, confiscated and. Um, um, I mean, they'll call and say, got another 40 bikes for you, got another 50 bikes for you. Mm-hmm. And so all throughout the year, they're bringing us bikes and we can fix them mm-hmm. and we have an opportunity to give them to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I looked at one guy, he was on a turquoise bike, a, uh, like a mountain bike type uh, thing, uh, which that, that mountain bike would have cost maybe $1,500 yeah. if you went to a store and buy it. Yeah. And it's brand new. Yeah. And and he said, uh, I said, did you win that? He goes, yes, I did. And <laughs> he had such a smile on his face. So that yeah. was that was uh, one of the neat things that we get to do. Yeah. Well, this young man, uh, I saw him. You and I were getting ready to go get some water or something like that, but I saw him, and I just had to go because what if I lost him in the park again? So I, I didn't even get to tell you, I'll be right back. But um, So I <laughs> ran over there, and I said, is this your name? And he said, yeah. I said, nice bike. 
Did you just win this bike? You know, I said, God is really, really good, isn't he? He said, yeah. I said, so now that you just got saved, you probably don't know what to do next, I bet you. And he goes, no, I don't. So I was able to walk him over there. He, he just was pushing the bike. Walk him over to Aaron and Lucy and say, Aaron, this young man just got saved. What does he do next? And they had a table full of information of, mm-hmm. you know, how the Lord loves you and what what he expects of us and, you know, what he's done for us. And so it was just a really fun thing. So one lady led him to the Lord. I just got to escort him over to Aaron and Lucy. And then they took over from there. And it was just. And because you didn't say you were going, I thought somebody stole you. Yeah, they bring me right back. They're like, no, take her back on over there. Uh-uh, she's too much for me. To get her, Pastor Ron, he's the only one that can handle that. Let's go to Dewey on line one. Dewey, thank you for calling. You're on the air. Hi, Hi Pastor Ron. Hi, Mama Paula. Hi, Dewey. Um, just calling. Uh, I just wanted to do a shout-out to this. thought it would be appropriate just to the people in the church who donated to the to the dog. Uh, Grooming ministry. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of support that was donated, and um, I was like, "How do you thank everyone for all of this?" So this it was just one something been on my heart. Just want to make sure that I shout out to the church mm-hmm. and you guys. Just thank you for all that. Thank you. Hey Dewey, don't 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 hang up. I want to ask you a question because uh, one of the things that yeah. we've done in the past is every year we try to come up with something we've never done before. And this year, uh, the the um, the suggestion, the idea was dog grooming because a lot of the homeless people have dogs. How many dogs did you actually get to groom? So we uh, we groom. I think about I think it was about six. We actually washed and uh, groomed. Um, I think it was about a total. There's people who showed up there that didn't have their dogs, mm-hmm. but they asked for you know like leashes and, and collars and clothing for the for this you know for the little fur babies. Mm-hmm. So we watched about. Um, we also saw people just come back by again and they wanted their pets to hang out <laughs> around the, um, the tent. So that was that was something. So it was, um, um, yeah, it was, it was it was pretty much about that. I think. We gave out so much. We gave out so much. It was unbelievable. I, I looked around. I was like, man, everything was, was almost gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's that's where it's but, supposed to be, Dewey. Thank you. No problem. No problem. Thank you for serving, uh, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you, Mama Paula. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. God bless. Uh-huh. Let's go to Jimmy online too. Jimmy, thank you for calling. You're on the air. Hi. Can you hear Hi, me? Jimmy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can- Yes. Um, oh, um, I was there. I know. I know. I know. You saw me in line four times, but can you hear me? Yeah, we can, can hear you me. fine. Keep We're talking, listening. baby. Okay. Well, anyway, <clears throat> towards the end, I was helping cleaning up, right? Because I, did, I didn't get there till eleven, but I was helping cleaning up and everything. And I was walking back on the sidewalk, and there was this uh, old man with a black cowboy hat sitting on the bench. And he was, he was trying to talk to everybody, right? And he was trying to, and he was, you know, and then I, I, I stopped and I, I said, you know, I'm going to sit down and talk with him. And he was pretty elderly, close to maybe 70 or something. And he was just telling me, and I just sat and, he, and we had a nice conversation. And he was telling me about his life story, you know, where he came from, and, you know, telling me about his father. 
and uh, he was from New Mexico, actually. And then, and then um, I said, "Wow, this man has a lot of wisdom. Now, this man has a lot of wisdom." So I mentioned to somebody, "This man is educated. This man is very educated." And and what I meant to say, he's very educated in wisdom and life. Mm-hmm. And some comment, "Well, he's homeless." He's educated, but he's homeless. And I said, well, that doesn't matter. Because homelessness can happen to anybody. And sometimes what they need is somebody to sit down and listen to them and have a conversation with them. And that's what I did. And I just did. And I was very interested and very amazed what he was telling me. So, you know, and there's the scriptures in Hebrews. You know, you you don't know if you're... Um, which over your hospitality to strangers because, you know, you don't know if they're an angel or not. I don't yeah. know. But, you know, and then when I was leaving, because, you know, y'all were giving away water, right? Because y'all had so much water. And I, was, I took a case and I was walking across the street where I parked. There was this guy that crossed my path and he says, hey, can you spare some water? And I said, sure. <laughs> how many, how, <laughs> I said, how many do you want? He goes, oh, I said, I'll give you four. How much you want? So then, and then, can I talk to you? And I said, sure. And we sat down. We sat down and talked. And then um, he was telling me what was, you know, what was going on in his life. And he was been homeless like for seven days. And I was just, well, I was just listening to him and listening to him. And then I said, well, have you accepted Jesus Christ into your life? You, I said, you don't, I told him, you don't have to be perfect to accept Christ. Because Jesus is perfect. You know, you just have to receive him. And know that he's your savior and become born again. And he said, I, I said, it's up to you whether you're ready or not. I said, I can tell you my story. I wasn't ready, but I did it a long time ago. And he goes, and he, he said, yes, I'm ready to receive Christ in my life. So I prayed with him the best way I knew how. And, uh, he, started, he started crying. Oh man! See, I I don't know. I you know I you know God just put me in those situations that uh, sometimes I don't feel worthy. But I I, I just I just was obedient. I said I'm, I'm gonna because I know that I was there at one time. I wasn't homeless, but I knew that I was there a sinner that never knew Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Everybody should have an opportunity to do so. You know, the touching thing about that story, Jimmy, is that this man was just homeless for seven days. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I've, I have been there. Uh, Paul and I were homeless um, back after my sin. And, uh, you know, we, we, we were very wealthy and successful and, and uh, I ruined it all. And I was homeless. And I'm telling you, at the very beginning, uh, it just feels like the deepest, blackest hole. And, and they're literally feels like there's no hope. Now, I was already saved at that time. But so so I knew there was hope, but um you just the, it, things are so bleak. Our, our son, uh, I was humbled my my son Ronnie um came to us and said dad I I got you a gym membership. Um so that so you have a place to shower. And and you just that's it, so humbling and so dark and yet the hands of God were all around and you were those hands of God 
uh, Saturday for that man. So, uh, Jimmy, if you get a chance next time you see me, tell me his first name so I can be praying for him as well. Thank you, Jimmy. God bless. Mm-hmm. Well, three four zero ninety five eighty five or toll free eight seven seven six three zero KSLR. If you have any comments or questions, mm-hmm. Paula. You know the other. Uh, well, let me go back to the glasses before because I didn't finish there. As far as you were saying, there were so many pairs of glasses. Well, our announcer Sam had announced um, before we would just donate the glasses we had left at home, you know, from old prescriptions and stuff. Well, he announced um, getting reading glasses and the, the 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 less strength that you have, the strength of the glasses. And I think people just said, yeah, let's, I can do that, you know, because not everybody can do everything. And some people can't do, uh, they couldn't even get to the park, but they can go to Dollar Tree or wherever and put some glasses in. And then some people... Because they have allergies or can't go, they can't see, you know. Like, you had to sit down for a while because there were so many um, shadows that you weren't able to really see that well. Um, but And the ground is uneven, so there's some people who just can't do it. But they can they can buy glasses and mm-hmm. they can get dog um, stuff to help do his ministry and um, they can stay home and pray. So I wanted yeah. to be sure to mention, yeah. mention you, them. You know, Paula, there's so many people, um, Christians... Um, who who just think, they say, well, I'm not equipped to do this, or I'm not equipped to do that. Mm-hmm. And see, when we offer our bodies as living sacrifices, like Jimmy just described, um, God walked him right into the encounter. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to look for it. It wasn't one of those things where he was <laughs> nervous. Yeah. What am I going to say? Mm-hmm. He just walked him right into the encounter. Yeah. Guy just happened to say, do, do you have any water? And he's got a, mm-hmm. a, a case of water that, that was given to him. And uh, that's what it's like when you're serving the Lord. And the best thing about those 900-plus people from our church that were out there serving is most of them, the overwhelming majority of them, were people just like that. Well, I can't do much, but I can get glasses or Mm -hmm. I can fold clothes. Mm -hmm. or We had personal shoppers for the people getting clothing out there. And um, I just think sometimes we got to remember that Jesus is, in fact, um, the, the one who's got these divine appointments prepared for us, and mm-hmm. all we have to do is be willing. Yeah, yeah. Another really cool ministry for those super shy people is the clown ministry. And it was announced that when you get to the park and the clowns are all dressed up, don't try to guess who they are. Ooh, that's a hard thing for me because you know, <laughs> I want to I wanna say, who is it, who is it? But they can be... Um, what anonymous or what is the word I'm looking for? Is that right? Yeah. Anonymous? Well, they have, they have a clown name, and uh-huh. that, that's that's who they are. That's yeah. who they are. And there was a lot of clowns again this year, and what a joy! You know, in fact, while the uh, Calvary Kids Vacation Bible School dancers, Calvary Kids, I, you know, I'm in there, so I'm in there. The kids, um, we had some of the clowns come and join us, and man, was that a blessing! And then a few people from the park. One man in particular standing by me, he wanted to come and dance too. And I was like, get it. Go to the left right here. Come to the right. And he was so, you're not kicking me out? No, let's go. Turn around. Let's go. Here we go. And he was so grateful. But, I mean, it was just. There are times I wish this program was on TV because people should have seen you just dancing in your chair. (laughs) (laughs) Get it to the left. Come on to the right. Yeah. But it was such a, a, a really cool day. The skit. You know, um, Pastor Ed, our Spanish 
uh, uh, pastor. Um, he was the kind of the MC of that, um, and the skit was with our youth, and Marcella was Jesus again. I said I had seen Marcella earlier in the park. I said, "Are you going to be Jesus again?" He goes, "Shh, it's a surprise." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Whatever," but anyway, yeah. But their skit was, "It's not only Jesus. It's only Jesus satisfies. Um, it's not your position." It's not your possessions. And of late, I've been talking to people um, who aren't religious, and that's that's a good thing. But they're spiritual. That's a horrible thing. And so it's not that easy. But see, that describes everybody because there's only two spirits, the spirit of God and the spirit of Antichrist. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's hard. People think, well, I'm, I'm a spiritual person, so somehow that's going to get me into heaven. Yeah. And that provides an opportunity for us to tell them, look, yeah. um, sin separates you from God, and Jesus is the only answer for sin. Yeah. So, Well, Paula, we got 30 minutes left in the program. I know you've got some other things on your heart, mm-hmm. so we'll get to those on the other side of the break. 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. We'll be back in two minutes. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the program, the Date Day Show, 340-9585. Paula, you have 30 minutes to spread whatever wisdom you want to. Hmm. That's about all I got, too. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? <laughs> um, first, I want to just say uh, thank you to everybody who's been praying for um, Calvary Chapel Christian Academy. You know, the the staff and the students are on fall break, and a, a bunch of them have been able to go, you know, on vacations or go see their families. One had they had a funeral, but they were able to, you know, uh, schedule it and be able to go. So thank you guys. I, we just this staff here is amazing. And the kids, the senior class, all Christians, but it's because the joy of Jesus has won them over as well. And then another uh, cool thing, tomorrow night we start the book of Philippians here. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, that's that, that one where, you know, he who began the good work in you will be faithful to complete it. And we cannot ever hear that enough. Uh, and you had to just tell me that just the other day. Thank you so much, you know. <laughs> like Peter says, I know you know these things, but I'm going to keep telling you because, you know, we forget sometimes. You know, it's an interesting dynamic between a husband and a wife. When, when, when in this case, Paula said something, and she knows, she knows, but then she was just for a moment, well, well what if, and just wait a minute. Mm-hmm. He who began a good work, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Paula doesn't have to complete it. Mm-hmm, He'll complete it. Mm-hmm. And that's something we need to remember because, frankly, when the enemy is around, when circumstances are contrary, we we, we don't really believe that. Mm-hmm. From when we think, i got to do something or mm-hmm. what am I going to do? Yeah. And uh, trusting Jesus, of course, is going to be the answer. Yeah. So thank you for living in my house and reminding me <laughs> and the Holy Spirit. Then the Holy Spirit came behind you and just gave me all these other scriptures that, you know, he goes, I know you know these things. But anyway, um, I was thinking about um, our gifts. I think it's because of our 
studies that the ladies are doing in maybe First John or uh, the Pastor's Wives retreat that we just came back from where no pressure. And when you think you can't, he can. And in Acts 5.32, you know, God gives the Holy Spirit to those who obey. And, and even thinking about the servants that you have Jesus who, I can't do that. You know, what? I got I can't do that. And so, but the Lord can if he's called you to it. And so I, I was home yesterday, and I was trying to get some wisdom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was, okay, Lord, when you can't, when you think you can't, he can. And I was thinking about Abraham and how God established a covenant with him in which God promised that he would make a mighty nation of Abraham's children. Abraham didn't have any children. <laughs> Abraham, look into the sky. See the stars. Can you count them? Mm-hmm. Of course not. Yeah, I can't. So, okay, whatever you say, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm going to believe you. So, a son Isaac was born to Abraham and Sarah in their old age. And that was, you know, Sarah laughed. I'm going to have a child now. Sure, right. Okay. But when when you think you can't, he can. And later, um, you know, now they have this child and God told Abraham to offer Isaac as a sacrifice. How are you going to give me um, this mighty nation if I kill this, this child? And But the Lord withdrew that that command when Abraham showed that he did trust them. Yeah, I love I love that Hebrews sort of interprets that for us because that's a, an episode, Paula, that really troubles a lot of people. Why would God ask him to do that? Mm-hmm. And and it's hard to explain. Well, God never had it in his heart to do that. God knew exactly what he was going to do, but Abraham had to learn who God was, mm-hmm. and Abraham had to learn what his and who his priority was going to be. And um, we get some insight in the book of Hebrews about Abraham's three-day journey Mm -hmm. to offer Isaac in sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Um, And and his reasoning process was, well, I know I have to do what God said, and God made me these wonderful promises, so I'm going to kill him, but God's just going to have to raise him from the dead. Mm -hmm. And that's that's how we work out our faith. Mm -hmm. Um, You see, if you'd have been there, you'd have said, you know, he who began a good work will be faithful <laughs> to complete it. He did tell you that, and God did. He said, I will provide, well, he said God himself will provide a, sac- a sacrifice. And that's exactly what happened, you know. So, okay, so, and then Jacob, think about Jacob, heel catcher, calm man. Um, he bought Esau's birthright for this, for this stew and then later tricked Isaac into giving him the blessing that belonged to Esau. You know, and the Lord had already said it's going to be the other way around, but we take matters into our own hands mm-hmm. and try to figure things out. And then after running away from Esau, he wrestled with God. This is your favorite story, right? One of your favorites. He wrestled with God, and his name was changed to Israel because God, who began the good work, able <laughs> <laughs> to complete it because uh, he was never going to win the wrestling match with God, except that God said, okay, you can have your own way. You know, and he said, no, 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 I'm not going to let go after all. But anyway. Yeah, well, I, just, I think the most important thing about that wrestling match is understanding that the only wrestling that was going on all night long was Jacob trying to get away from God. Mm-hmm. God was trying to hold on to him. Mm-hmm. Jacob was trying to get away. Jacob wanted to do things his way. Mm-hmm. And God said, I'm going to hold on to you. I'm going to hold on to you. And finally, uh, after, after wrestling all night, um, God touched his hip, crippled him, and then said, hands off. I'm going to let you go. And that's when Jacob... 
first understood the power he was trying to get away from and knowing he was going to to face Esau, Mm. and he thought, of course, that would be his end, he needed that power with him, and then he began holding on. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said to him, well, why are you hanging on to me? Mm -hmm. And and all he answered was, I will not let go until you bless me. So God's patience, mm-hmm. um, that, that's a perfect example of he who began a good work will mm-hmm. be faithful to complete it. Um, Jacob won by losing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just think, you know, when you think you can't, he can. And I'm, I'm sure Jacob thought, whatever you're asking me to do, I, I can't do it. You know, so anyway, Joshua. Joshua took over from Moses. Huh. Tough job. Huh? <laughs> you know it. I can't do. It's Moses. It's Moses. Moses. You know <laughs> what? Who am I? You know. And the Lord had to say, you know, Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead. Move on. <laughs> that, but, voice, that voice, I think, was John Houston <laughs> in, in in the greatest story ever told. Okay. Who um, said Moses? Moses. Moses. Yeah, yeah. I think I got it right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. So he he led the Israelites across the Jordan into Canaan. He was the commander at Jericho. Lord, they are not going to buy this plan. I can't go to them and tell them this. Well, that's what I'm telling you to go do. So Acts 5.32, I'm going to give the Holy Spirit to those who obey, even though they don't have the Holy Spirit back then. But, um, well, he, the Holy Spirit will come upon them. Come upon them, power. yeah, like, not like us, yeah. And so then he oversaw the dividing up of the promised land among the 12 tribes. Then he was even the high priest during the rebuilding of the temple and the altar. Seriously, if he would have thought, you know, how you, you, you get these pictures or you get these commands. If I would have thought about this, there's no way, you know, like for me coming to Texas, Lord, mm-mm. Mm-mm. They're going to want me to, they will have expectations. I would have never thought I'd be on this radio program, <laughs> you know? So I remember, Paula, years oh, ago. goodness. If I would have told you you'd be teaching women's Bible studies, um, and then even trumped that a little bit by saying, Paula, you're going to be asked to speak at, at pastor's wives' conferences all over the country, um, you would have locked yourself in a room and never left California. No, I told you. I, in fact, I told you before we left California, the Lord himself will have to come down and write it on the wall. But he didn't do that. He just said, go on, girl. Get up there. Got something to say? Get out the Remember way. Remember our study on Sunday? Jesus came back to the eleven and rebuked them for their stubborn <laughs> refusal to believe. That's, that's exactly where you were those 27 years ago. Uh, 28 years ago. Almost. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. The Lord is funny. Yeah, so when you think you can't, he can. We need to remember that. So, you know, doing this radio program, we we pray to be a source of encouragement to everybody. Now, let me add one, okay? Um, Moses, when God called him. He's next on my list. Okay, go ahead. Mm-hmm. You go ahead then. Mm-hmm. Moses, raised by Pharaoh's daughter in the I royal thought, court. I thought you were going in order. Oh, yeah, no, no. Okay. <laughs> after killing after killing an Egyptian, he fled to Midian, where he was called by the Lord to deliver Israel. What? What do you say? I am slow of speech. Maybe that's why Pharaoh didn't listen. <laughs> no, but 
God said, no, I want you to be. And so, of course, Moses, I can't, I can't, I can't. So God said, go ahead, take Aaron. He can, you know, he can help you out. Um, but Moses ended up instructing the people in the observance of Passover. He led the exodus out of Egypt. They passed through the Red Sea. Now, looking back in Moses' life, some, if he has been told this, no way. But when you think you can't. No, it, it's it's interesting when when God called him to do it. He said, "I'm slow of speech." Mm-hmm. Uh, that's presumed that he was a stutterer. We don't know that for fact. Uh, Charlton Heston never stuttered. Not in the you whole know he movie. didn't. Mm-mm. But um, if if you go and, and and this is why the New Testament is so wonderful. In in Acts chapter seven, when Stephen recounts all of Israel's history. By the way, that's one of the most comprehensive history of Israel ever given. Um, And Stephen, uh, under the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, is given the history, and he says Moses was a man powerful in speech and action. Uh And and I just keep thinking, when I read Stephen, I keep thinking, Moses, quit whining. What do you mean I'm slow of speech? I can't do this. (laughs) But that gets gets back to your, when you don't think you can, Mm -hmm. he will, Mm -hmm. if you just believe and let him do it through you. But but I, I, I love that. The perspective, Moses, I can't do this. And, and the reason I like that so much is because Moses is like all of us. God calls us to do something, and our first response is, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. When, in fact, we need to remember that, that the way heaven sees us as men and women, powerful in speech and action. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we think, well, I'm not any of those things. And it's true in our flesh. We're not. But we have the power that raised Christ from the dead living in us. And and we so quickly forget that the moment we have a crisis in confidence. Mm-hmm. I can't, Lord, I just can't. Who mm-hmm. am I? Mm-hmm. And um, we just need to remember that we're the one chosen. Yeah. I love that. God, God chose me to be the pastor of Calvary Chapel of San Antonio, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, fr- a, a, a friend, a, a man who was instrumental in, in um, my early development as a Christian. And when I told him, I said to his name was Dennis. I said, Dennis, I I I'm pretty sure God's called me to be a pastor. I was only six months old in the Lord, and he just looked at me with disgust in his face, and he said, "A pastor, you, you're lucky God saved you. Don't get your hopes up. He'll never be able to use you in any meaningful way." And of course, the reason he said that was because uh, of my past history. Mm-hmm. Um, he he saw the worst about me, and he forgot that that when we can't, God will. Mm-hmm. And we we need to remember that. And I get a lot of people coming to me and say, "Well, I think God's called me to do this, but why would He call me?" It doesn't matter why. the the The, the only thing that matters is that He actually did, mm-hmm. and then He's the one who accomplishes His will. Yeah, and and Moses's history just continues. You know, he received the law. You know. Moses, who's that calling me? You know, what do you had to? He knew my name, kind of a thing. So, and then Noah, Noah, you know, a righteous man. Um, he built an ark, and I love this part, as God commanded him. I mean, he didn't take any shortcuts. He didn't do it his own way. As I love him, because as God commanded him. Um, and then, can you imagine, 
You always talk about Mrs. Noah and the kids, you know. <laughs> uh, and Ark, I'm sure, did he ask, what's rain? You know, why, why, this, big, why this big boat kind of a thing? And, uh, yeah, Joan of Arc is, is his wife's name. <laughs> uh, crazies. But for 120 years, you know, after, what, a year? Really, you know, because as God commanded the, what do you call that, the plan to, this is going to take forever. Well, you ain't got nothing but time. People lived a long time. <laughs> Long time back there, and they didn't have TV, you know. And so he's building this ark with his family, a righteous man. God, I can't do this. I mean, the people are talking about my family. We're, we don't, you know. My family we, looks at me like my, I'm crazy. Yeah, my family looks at me like, what is wrong with you? And you're isolating us from all our people. Um, but God made a covenant with him later, never to cover the entire earth with the flood, but he was faithful. He was faithful. He didn't think he could. And yet, I mean, and they didn't even have like saws and, you know, the the modern technology like we have. So can you imagine? 120 years. Now, I haven't gone over, I think it's Nebraska or Arkansas. Where the, it's Kentucky. It, Kentucky, where this thing, it is huge. I've seen pictures. People look like they're a half inch tall compared to, can you imagine building that by hand? One nail at a time. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So Noah, he didn't think he could, and yet it happened. Joseph. I love Joseph. Son of Jacob and Rachel, favored by his father, hated by his brothers, sold into slavery, taken to Egypt, served part of her until put in prison on a false charge. While in prison, he interpreted the dreams of Pharaoh's servants and then Pharaoh's dreams. Given a high position under Pharaoh, and during a famine, his brothers come to Egypt to buy grain. So Joseph was uh, reunited with his aged father and his brothers. If he'd have been told, okay, this is the lineup of your life, no way. Not, I, I just can't do that. you know. And then my favorite verse of all, because taking all of this into consideration, is Genesis fifty twenty. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. He forgave because God put that in him to do that. Yeah, I have issues with that even to this day. <laughs> <laughs> Esther, a Jewish woman who lived in Persia. You know, she's stolen from her family because Xerxes acted a fool and got rid of his beautiful queen. And so now he's taking bad counsel and, you know, get all the beautiful women in the in the town and bring her, bring them to me. You know, and of course he agreed with that. And then... Um, it just so happened that she found about this plot by Haman to kill the Jews. Cause, For such a time as this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just thinking back in her life, I'm just a young girl. You know, who am I to be chosen? Because when um, Mordecai says, you got to go and go to the king and tell him what's happening. And she says, you know, if I go over there without without being invited... I could die. You know, Paul, just on a, on a side note about Esther, you know one of the things that, that fascinates me about her is that she didn't appear to think she was anything special physically. Mm-hmm. 
and and we know she was drop dead gorgeous, the most beautiful woman chosen from all of the the beautiful women in the area, and and she she had this sense of humility. Her her focus was on God, and not on herself, not on her needs, not on the fact that she was taken from her home and from uh, Mordecai. Um, she she just seemed to have a sense of uh, I'm just a, a regular girl who loves the Lord and and just picked up and put right in the middle of of God's that, will that, yeah right in the middle of God's will mm-hmm. um, and certainly thinking that that there's nothing about me that that qualifies me to do this and mm-hmm. I say all the time that God doesn't call the qualified he qualifies the called mm-hmm. and um and and she was god's plan uh from the beginning and i mentioned esther in my bible study last night um because um uh, apart from um the study last night where where all of the descendants of david were killed mm-hmm. and one one little boy was stolen away um, between that time and, and the time of Esther, those are the two times in history where the devil got super, super close to exterminating all Jews mm-hmm. and eliminate any possibility that Jesus Christ could could even be born. Mm-hmm. And, and it just demonstrates God's always in control. And when he calls us into those really difficult situations and we think, well, there's nothing I can do, how can I have any impact on this? Um, all you have to do is be where God wants you to be and be obedient, and He will He will do amazing things. Mm-hmm. And and one of the reasons that He could use Esther is because she didn't think she was anything special. She didn't have an attitude. She didn't um, think that um, um, well, of course God's going to use me because I'm prettier than all the other women. Um, she knew who she was and she knew who God was. Mm-hmm. And that, that made her able to be used. And that exact same thing is true for every believer right here in 2022 in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, if we'll just say, Lord, what about me? Like Isaiah, uh, Lord, uh, I'll go. Here am I, yeah. send me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and if we'll do that, um, then God will use us. Yeah. Yeah. Paula, we're inside about four and a half minutes okay. right now. Well, we all know she went to the king and pled for the, the people. Saving their lives. He had said, if it was only for us to be slaves, I wouldn't have bothered the king. So she was a woman of prayer as well. Even that, she told the, you know, Mordecai and then her maids, we're going to pray and fast for three days. You and the people do the same. And then I'll go to the king. So she was counting on the Lord to give her directions. Just like Noah, he, he built an ark as God commanded. And then one more, Ruth. A Moabite widow who went with her mother-in-law, Naomi, to Bethlehem. There she gathered the gleanings from the field of Boaz, talking about being in Jesus' lineage as well, um, whom she later married. And she didn't seem to think she was anything special either. And yet God was watching her the whole time. She went out into the fields to work, and the, the, the foreman said, after Boaz said, who is that, you know? That's Ruth the Moabite as she came back with Naomi, and she has worked steadily. Yeah. She wasn't taking anything for granted. She was working as unto the Lord. She's a perfect illustration of Paul's comment about learning to be content whatever the circumstances are. 
I mean, she could have looked at her life and said, you know, I have nothing to be happy about. Mm -hmm. How could I possibly be content? My husband's gone. Uh, there's a famine. I, I'm I'm being taken back to a people that are not my own. And instead, um, she decided that, that she was going to follow Naomi's God. Mm -hmm. And she was content um, working hard. Mm -hmm. She was content, um, no doubt, in that very difficult age, the reason that Boaz had to protect her and have people watch her is because uh, a, a beautiful single woman would have been in danger all the time in that world. Mm -hmm. And yet um, she was content through all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She even said, why have you noticed me? I'm not like one of your servant girls. And he, he said, I have heard that you are a noble woman. That's the Lord just makes sure that his servants are noticed, even though they're not looking to be noticed. You know, as we work as unto the Lord, even though we all had these bright orange shirts on. Um, that we, was strategic. That we was, no, no, no. We, <laughs> that was strategic. Yeah. yeah, that's not what I'm saying. Um, the Lord didn't need us to have those shirts, but he needed us to have those shirts so the people in the park would know, look what God has done. He sent all these people down here just to love on us. And it's all for free. I don't have to pay anything. And I can go back in line as many times as I want. Yeah. We're giving it all away. We're giving it all away. Free. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And the other song that I had too is the, I've been singing this one for a long time. Show me how to love in the true meaning of the word. Teach me to sacrifice expecting nothing in return. I want to give my life away, becoming more like you each and every day. My words are not enough. Please show me how to love. And that's what we are learning here at Calvary Chapel, San Antonio. Yeah. It was just a day of kindness. That's all it was. That's and it. and um, I think the church, not our church, the church, uh, needs to be more focused on being kind in a world where kindness has sort of lost its place. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I love it. Thank you. I can't wait for next year. <laughs> we have, what, about 367 days maybe? Well, we might have to move up a week again, so. 365 yeah. days? Yeah. Okay. So. All right. Hey, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Date Day edition of The Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4 and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.